I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome back to See Also. I'm Brody Lancaster. I'm Kate Jinx. Happy New Year, BL. Oh my God. Happy New Year, Jinxy. How exciting I'm to so be back. Happy to be back podcasting with you. Yeah, me too. Because we've had a couple of poodles recently. Mm-hmm. Carol and ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous Stains. But it's nice to be back to talk about, you know, like shoot the breeze. One on one pod, summer update, TV check in, movie club. It's all going to happen, surely. A, cl- a classic C also. <laughs> How was your summer? My summer was, I mean, it's still going. It's, I got a little break, mm-hmm. took a couple of weeks off mm-hmm. and uh, drove up to Sydney with little Top Chef and my partner Zoe joined us by flight uh, for, for a couple of special holiday days because um, we obviously can't, you know, fly together or travel together. It's a real royal family situation yeah, I was we've gonna got say, going. In case one of the vehicles is compromised. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what would Australia's Celesbian community oh. do if one of you were to go missing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was really nice. And then I came back to Melbourne and – it's my first proper summer in Melbourne. I've always spent most of my time in Sydney or in northern New South Wales mm-hmm. when I have lived in Melbourne the last few years. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, a few people, Melbourne people had told me that when I came back, Melbourne would feel quite dead because people actually leave the city and they actually leave the city, BL. Yeah, I felt like the biggest fucking loser in the city all summer holidays because I spent most of it at home. Like I've done a lot of jigsaw puzzles. I've watched a lot of movies. 
I've sat in the air conditioning. I've cleaned every square inch of this apartment. And I can see it. Yeah. I've had a really nice break, but I didn't go, I didn't take any like dreamy, like obscure zoomed in photos of my (laughs) friends in bikinis (laughs) eating cherries on the beach at Half Moon Bay, you know? No pontoons for you. None. Zero. Invite me to your pontoon, you bitches. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you're struggling with the lack of bodies of water. I am struggling with the lack of, and there are bodies of water in Melbourne. I understand that. It is, look, as someone who really does love the Sydney and northern New South Wales coastline, mm-hmm. it is a struggle to find like a beach that I would want to visit, say, for more than just like in and out yeah. dip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't have like something industrial happening in the coastline. Look, we know, okay? Yeah. We know. And I've got so many good tips that I'm going to have to work my way through yeah. via Instagram. Thank you so much to people who DM'd me with their secret swimming spots. Was it Broadsheet who posted four four best swimming spots outside of Melbourne? Secret swimming spots yeah, on the front page of Broadsheet. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I think that they also did like Melbourne beaches and like they were all like two hours plus. Oh, yeah. Well, because as you know, <laughs> you kind of have to make a trip unless you want to like – be in a really compromised body of water in St Kilda. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I live right right next to the pools, Helen Garner's famous monkey grip pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I make the most of that. Yeah. And I think that's that's a good compromise. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. I haven't been for a swim yet this summer, which I realised so sadly yesterday on my last day of my holidays before I went back to work today. And, um... Yeah, I've ever that that person who wrote a review of our podcast saying that I was always doing cool stuff is going to be have the reality check today that I'm cool doesn't mean swimming. It really doesn't. It means air conditioning and sitting down. It, yeah, it can. Yeah. Well, also, BL, I think we get to decide what is cool in summer, given that C also was. Very amusingly put into Apple Podcasts curated Cool Girl Summer collection the other day. If you're looking for us, you know where to find us <laughs> on Cool Girl Summer on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> I'm like, when do I age out of being that? But it's fine. I'm when not tell anyone. Being girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's truly so funny that we were put on that list because I was I only saw it because I was scrolling through the like Apple podcast homepage to be like, what are these fuckers going to notice us? What are we going to get on new and noteworthy? (laughs) What? We're not new enough or noteworthy enough. Like (laughs) get fucked. And then I saw that we were on there. So I, (laughs) and luckily you and I were together. Yeah. We were planning the pod. We already ordered some sparkling wine Mm -hmm. and um, we got to look clink, clink to that. It was very nice. Yeah. It was really cute. Very funny. Very cute. Oh my God. Um, Tell me BL. So you've, you stayed in Melbourne. Mm Mm-hmm. Stayed local. Did you have an out of office on and did you stick to it if you did? My out of office for my day, look, I'll be honest, my out of office for my day job was one of those, I'll be like back to the office on the 9th of January, but checking emails intermittently Mm -hmm. until then because I I didn't use all my annual leave over the break. So I was Mm -hmm. technically, quote unquote, on the clock. Yeah, right. Um, 
that just meant getting, ticking a few things off the list. Um, but yeah, no out of office for me, sadly, I fucking love an out of office and I will delete the mail app from my phone when I actually go on holidays. Yeah. It's just been a while. Yeah. I did put one on. Yeah. And I stayed away. You've been really good at not working. Yeah, I tried. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's the occasional, like I didn't delete it from my phone. I didn't go that far. And then occasionally I'd slip and check my email or like look for a ticket in my email and then the work ones start coming through. But I was generally pretty good about taking a break. So I really needed it because when I went to India last year and had that week off, I was like, oh, my God, a week off can feel magical. I mean, you don't have to be in Rajasthan (laughs) to have like a week off. Like, So I really wanted that feeling back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it makes you want to like do the work. It makes you want to kind of go back to the office and set your goals and, you know, mm -hmm. like we both generally do work that we both really love or respect, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And we're lucky to be in that. Yeah. So I think it's, it's nice to be able to kind of feel somewhat refreshed. Yeah. I feel so like I had my first day back at my nine to five job today and I have a few lingering freelance deadlines, like sneaking up on me this week. But for now I'm just doing, I mean, we're podcasting right after work. We're doing our extracurricular, but I like woke up this morning. So pleased to have the structure of work, work back in my life. This makes me sound like a, a corporate lemming, but I like get up to my alarm and I like made my little coffee pot and fucking brushed my hair in the morning and put on an outfit. Like it's been a while since I've had this level of very simple structure in my life. Even the commute was fine. And then I came home and I hung out with Carol before you came over. Like I'm, I'm having that moment of, um, maybe this could be what my, what my days are like, even though I know I'm going to go back to like burnout overwork mode any minute now. Yeah, but you really do well with a routine and structure. Oh, I need it. I mean, do I, I hover between? Yeah. I'm not, as, I'm nowhere near as good as you. I mean, I'm not as spreadsheeted up the wazoo as you either. Yeah. I'm very spreadsheeted and I'm very Google calendared, but I don't know if it's a good, I don't always know if it's a good thing sure. because sometimes I will block out time on my calendar and then decide that that means I have no time to see anyone and all I'm going to be is overwhelmed. Mm. And it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know? Yeah. But my, yeah, my spreadsheet, we mentioned this in like, I think it was the first episode of the podcast. Yeah, because so- I remain mystified and just like agog at your spreadsheet. Like every single time you share a screenshot or just a little pic of like a close up of something. I'm like, what? There are so many columns. What are they all for? Everything has a different color. Yeah. I, I am just, it's such a mysterious situation, <laughs> BL. And I want to understand more because I'm feeling like it could help me. Yeah. I, I mean, I found my, my spreadsheeting helped me a lot last year. It was basically just, I ended 2021 with a little, I jotted it down and it's timestamped Christmas Eve, 2021. Um, and it was just a list of things I wanted to do more and less of in 2022. So it was like quit smoking or smoke less, exercise more, read more, less screen time. One of them was like learn to travel with just a carry on, which I did successfully thanks to your July suitcase, which I then went and bought one of my own. And 
I kind of vaguely like get your finances together. Mm-hmm. And so rather than just because we just come out of two years of lockdown in Melbourne, especially, I came out of those two years looking back and going, fuck, if I had known it was going to be two years, I would have made incremental progress on like my fitness and strength, my book, my, you know, all these little or big things. But when you break them down into like day-to-day tasks, they get completed. And so I made this spreadsheet where every single day of 2022, I would kind of do a little audit at the end of my day. How many cigarettes did I smoke? How much money did I spend on planned and unplanned things? How much screen time did I have? How many steps did I do? Did I do a form of like proper exercise? Did I uh, shut down my kitchen, do my what I call my night shift mm-hmm. of just like leaving my kitchen clean for the person working the morning shift, which I, is me. I love night shift. And yeah. I ever since you told me about night shift, I make sure I do night shift every yes. night. I'm giving a shout out to Ali Garrett who um, coined night shift, which I adopted during lockdowns. I don't remember which one. And then there is like, you know, hygiene, not goals, but like tasks like skincare morning and night, brushing my teeth and flossing. And some of those things like flossing really became a habit for me last year. Other things like quitting smoking, I could see the months that I didn't have a single cigarette, some that I did. I knew what I could kind of like apply them to, like the the times when I went out and socialized the most were the times when I picked up a cigarette, et cetera. When I was really stressed and I was overwhelmed with work, I tended to have the highest screen time. Mm -hmm. But I could also see like, you know, days used to pass, weeks used to pass where I didn't pick up a book once. And so tracking my reading really helped. I read 26 books in 2022 and I've kept like a running list of every book I've read since 2018. Wow. Just because I would get to the end of the year and be and not have any fucking clue what I read. Yeah, do you not know? ask me what I when read last like, year. What are your best of the year? I'm like, I don't know. Um, I remember the ones that I was like, not for me, chuck it in the pool, like those ones. I remember those. Yeah, always remember those. I mean, that this is only the ones that I finished. I started more than 26. But in past years, I average about 15 books a year. So 26 is like considerably more. I watch something like... Not something like. I've got the numbers in front of me. I watch 139 movies. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something I never want to track for myself. Yeah, you would. Um, I mean, yours would be very impressive. Let it, Jinxie on Letterboxd 2023. No way. I spent 2,797 hours looking at my phone. Oh, that is a number that is a lot to consider. Yeah. Not just for you, but I'm like, if you're doing that, I'm doing that. And that's when you see it in a big chunk. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thanks. Um, I want to manage my money better, you know, like after, after 2022, after tracking all of these things, I was checking in at the end of each month, Day to day, I was kind of like comparing myself. I was in like in a competition with myself. And so now going into 2023, there are some things that I like don't have to track anymore and others that I want to focus on more. Like I've added little check boxes to my spreadsheet for this year for days that I left the house and saw people and also a column for my work. Like which work did I do? Was it podcast work? Was it book? Was mm-hmm. it my job? Was it freelance? Was it something else altogether? Because the connections between the days when I don't leave the house and have a lot of work on 
I mean, that's kind of like a little visual connection that helps me to feel less bad about not leaving the house or is a reminder to like stop working so fucking much and talk to a friend. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. Well, I think we need to keep tracking how you're going throughout this year. Turning my life into data points. Well, I mean, it's one way to do it. <laughs> I didn't write that novel, but maybe this year. Maybe this year. Maybe this year. Who knows? I mean, we've got all the way up to November until you can start that. I always say, say it as like, now I'm Ro, and it's not. <laughs> oh, my it's God. It's not that. How do you say it? Nanoimro? I, I don't know. I think it's NaNoWriMo. Like oh. National Novel Writing Month. Yeah. Okay. I've got to be honest, like no offense to anyone who's NaNoWriMo, but last year I literally texted um, my potential book publisher and said, I'm going to try to rhyme my no in November, <laughs> but I'm not calling it NaNoWriMo because mm-hmm. I find it's so deeply cringy. Yeah. 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 But it works for a lot of people. It does. They've written work. novels and I sure haven't. It worked for a friend of mine. He banged out a novel that he was pretty happy with Fuck. after like struggling with another one that he's deeply invested in for many years. And oh then he kind of God. set himself a task and but it doesn't need to be in November. No, I could rhyme anytime. You could. Yeah. <laughs> um, can we talk a little bit about, and I also want to go back to the glory days of holidays as well before yeah. we get fully into it because yeah. we went straight into work yeah. as we tend to do. So let's do that first. Here's the holiday soundtrack. It's my iced coffee. <laughs> I know that you put together a little Christmas feast this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. I cooked all from um, Chinese-ish. Mm-hmm. Rasheen Cole's cookbook, which I think was one of my also also's a few episodes ago. Yeah, had a lot of really delicious food over the holidays. I went to Grill Americano, went to Diamond Indian Hungarian restaurant and influenced you to do the same the following night. I know I went there the next night. Yeah. It's like, what is that? That looks fun. It was really fun. It's yeah. visually fun. Yeah. Yeah, other senses. <laughs> Question marks. It's visually very fun. Visually very fun. In it's, case you're in case you're not familiar, it's a restaurant that serves Indian food and Hungarian food, not mixed, just two different menus, same restaurant. The Indian food kind of tasted like Hungarian food. I dipped my schnitzel into the butter chicken sauce, <laughs> which is a delight. I was delighted by the $4 kingfishers. Did you get the donuts for dessert? No. Did I tell you to? Yeah, but we just mm. couldn't fit them in. They're really yummy, fresh, hot Hungarian donuts with mm. apricot jam. This is a tip for the listeners. Okay, well, I'll, I mean, it was fine. I'll go back. Will you? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That was a lie. (laughs) Yeah, I was just being nice, really. Um, But it was fun, and it was fun to be influenced into doing something new. And then so many people (laughs) got in touch to say, is that that place on? I've been wanting to go there for years. Everyone's been wanting to go there for years. And you did it, BL. You did it. I finally did it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, had some delicious food at your house as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good. I'm glad. (laughs) Yeah, look, I, I really... I love to do a Christmas entertain. Had a bit of issue at the end of last year doing the big Christmas entertaining I wanted to do due to rising COVID numbers, but uh, managed to kind of have a few little things and, yeah, and went to Sydney and had like a really big many-course lunch with my family. My brother-in-law is a fantastic 
uh, cook. So is my sister. And yeah, we had this just delightful kind of feast for the day. And we have the kind of family Christmas lunch where a number of uh, our friends always come along too. Nice. And so that was just great to like have family, have friends. And my pudding was good again. I always worry. This year, actually, it was a little soft. The pudding you boiled while watching Falling for Christmas? Yes. See, normally I would boil that pud much earlier. Uh-huh. However, it, it was it was during Lindsay Lohan time, so I will blame her yeah. for the slight mushy nature. But it was still it was still very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mostly, I'm like consisting of oysters at the moment. Chic. I just you know, that's what summer is for. I mean, and they don't even they're not even at their best in summer. But it's just such a summer. Are they not? When are they at their best? Well, because they're best better in like winter or like colder climates yeah. to grow. Okay. I do believe. I just love I them. fucking love a frosty oyster on a Oof. summer day. Sydney Rock, thank With you very spritz, much. a little spritz, a little Amaro or a Montenegro spritz. This is, this is my language. I'm done with Aperol. Yeah. Oh, God, I had a bit of a scary Christmas Day moment though. Oh, yeah, you did. Everyone was like unwrapping their presents. My nephews and niece, and all of a sudden, we spotted. So we spotted that Top Chef was trying. Our dog was trying to bury something in like a chair, like as this very special treat. And I thought, oh god, he's like picked up someone's soap or chocolate or some like little like stocking stuffer. Yeah, it was rat poison that he had found. Top Chef, <laughs> it's just so not what you want on no. Christmas Day. Uh, he really wanted it, though, it sounds like. He really – well, yeah, but he had just put it in his mouth and then I like, had trotted it over to yeah. a chair to bury in. So he wasn't trying to eat it, thank yeah. God. But it, like, set off the whole, like, oh, God, now you have to call the emergency vet on Christmas Day. Oh, my God. And then you have to – and, like, bless people for working those services. I know. Emergency on, vet is like oh. emergency locksmith. I thought I'd forgot my keys again oh, on no. Christmas Day. I hadn't. Thank God. Oh, thank God. And then, of course, you need to get follow-up tests for, like, after 48 hours – which costs so much money. Mm. But then we have pet insurance and so it covered pretty much everything. And this is like a little insurance also, but I highly recommend getting pet insurance if you can afford it, obviously. I used to have a rabbit named Sandra and our exotic animal vet, who was this David Vella, uh, who used to be on some TV show, like Totally Wild or something. Oh, okay. So he was like this quite handsome exotic animal. See, like vet a, like a Doctor Zizmore kind of character. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> he's like known. Yes, he's he's totally known, like as seen on TV. And yeah, so he specialized in like rabbits and lizards and birds and stuff. Wow! But his waiting room was just always full of like <laughs> middle-aged women who would probably hit their wedding rings to be honest with their like run-of-the-mill tabby cat or a Maltese or a Shih Tzu or something like people would just take booking up all of his time no. I think just to spend time with Dr. Bella oh my god anyway he was lovely but he was like you can't insure a rabbit in this country you can't in the UK I believe you can but yeah because they're just too they're just gonna die they're just right. prone to. Well, I grew up in Queensland where rabbits really were truly them. exotic. Yeah, because they're illegal. Yeah, you can't keep one. No. R.I.P. Sandra, rest your soul, mm. Lovely girl. Anyway, 
but he said if you ever get a cat or a dog, make sure you take out pet insurance because mm. it will actually save you money. Anyway, yeah. and it has. And I, I use RSPCA because some of the money does go back to the RSPCA. So, you know. I took your I took your note to heart and called them for a quote the other day. Oh, good. Um, because the thought of little Carol – it, she's already eating me out of house and home, but draining my bank account as well. And <laughs> I thank know. you. They are expensive. She's a precious treasure, have. but she's, yeah, she's not priceless. Yeah. And you don't want to be in that horrible position where they're like, um, yeah, your dog might have internal bleeding and you won't be able to notice until, uh, you will see like oh my bruises on its stuff Fuck. from blood. <laughs> You're like, okay, do those tests. Thank you. Yeah. Do the test. I realized a second ago I said Carol's not priceless when what I mean is that she is. She is priceless. And I can't afford her. Yes. She's so precious. Yes. She is a MasterCard. Um, speaking of animals getting sick, oh, which God. is not, a, which is a really bad segue, but it reminds me of um, a, another recommendation from the both of us. Oh, yes. Which is the podcast Normal Gossip. And they <laughs> have, I, I only bring it up because they have a rule where dogs don't die on this podcast, which they've made a point to like, because you're hearing a story being told that a dog gets mentioned and you're really worried for the dog. Um, so it's a really comforting rule mm. up top. But um, I had the podcast recommended to me a zillion times and I ignored it every time. I thought nothing this popular could be that good. I was the same. What yeah. idiots. We're I was like little contrarian <laughs> yeah. little bitches. How many times? And it was like recommended on so many podcasts as well. It was named like the best podcast of the year <laughs> as rated by other podcasts. And I was like, sounds shit. <laughs> that is how I started reading. I saw that and I was like, okay, fine. I'll give it a go. Yeah. Then I could not turn it off. I've listened to every episode now. I'm eking them out. I, I raced through yeah. the first season or something and mm-hmm. then have slowly yeah, started to yeah. back myself, wean myself off them. Yeah. It's, it's a, really good. It's so fun. Essentially, if you haven't heard it, it is normal gossip. It's like the host gets a story sent in by a so-called friend of a friend and then talks a guest through the story mm-hmm. and asks the guest every so often, what would you do in this situation? What mm-hmm. do you think of this person? It's like a choose-your-own-adventure of gossip. Yeah, yeah. It's really fun. What's not to love? The one that I really loved is like a person moves to a small town and joins a knitting club. Oh, I haven't heard that one yet. Oh, I can't wait for you to hear it. Okay. No, I guess no spoilers. I thought you would have heard it, but ah. it's like the bitchiest women on earth who who are part of this knitting club and mm-hmm. it's, uh, there's, a, there's someone meets their downfall. Mm. No spoilers. No spoilers, no spoilers. Uh, do you have any major not let, – let's not do resolutions because I hate that term, mm. but do you have any other goals for the year? Um, I'm going to curb my phone addiction. I'm aware of it every second that I stare at that little screen. But don't curb your enthusiasm, BL. Never. I am doing a lot of active unsubscribing and unfollowing. (gasps) Me too. It's so empowering. It really is. (laughs) Every time someone pops up on my Instagram feed and I go, who the fuck's this? I just go to their profile and unfollow. I don't even give it a second thought. Mm -hmm. When a brand pops up in my inbox, Mm -hmm. even if it's a brand that I love and want to shop from and want to know when they're having a sale. Ghani, for example, I'm unsubscribing. Yeah. I'm really trying to save money this year Mm -hmm. because I've really found a link between my like workaholic behavior to make more money. I'm spending every cent of it. I have nothing to show for it. Want to go on holiday. Want to have some savings. 
And then I just work, work, work to like earn it back. And then I just spend it again. So I'm really, really actively trying to budget and stick to a budget and be boring and save a lot more money this year. Great. Yeah. That sounds good. What about you? I am also buying less. I made a real concerted effort last year to curb spending habits. And I found that when I buy more things for myself, like- Clothing in particular, it's when I'm feeling bad about myself as mm-hmm. well. It's not like, or I make some crazy rash purchase because I realize I've got some event coming on and like yeah. coming up and I have to get something really special. And so I'm doing less of that. And I've kind of made a list of things that I need in my wardrobe. And mm-hmm. like that is what I, that's what I will focus on when I am doing my spending Great. this year. Um, and last year I tried really hard to only buy locally made things or as much as possible. So I'm continuing that. You're very good at that. I'm, I try. I noticed that there's this. Uh, Melbourne-based stylist on Instagram. I think her account is called Styled by Sally. Oh, Sally McKinnon. Yeah. Yeah. And she is also doing that this year. Oh, great. And she actually has a really handy, like, the guides on her Instagram page. So in, we'll link it in the show notes. Uh, and it tells you which brands are made. It's not just, like, based here. They're, like, made in Melbourne or made in Sydney or made elsewhere in Australia. She has mm-hmm. three or four different guides now. And it's really helpful, really handy. So good. On the whole, like, because we're both trying to buy less things, mm-hmm. I found this one article that's kind of an incentive to do that. Mm. It's called Your Stuff is Actually Worse Now uh, by Izzy Ramirez. It's on Vox. Um, we'll link it in the show notes. But it actually details how things are designed to break down and that oh. the materials that like a lot of companies are using for like lots of different kinds of products are much worse and also that consumers – will like if say there's one product like a t-shirt or like a bra or something like that was one of the examples that she remembered it as this was a great product and it cost this much and it lasted this long but you know like the whole industry's changed everything is more expensive like it's more expensive to pay people which is good mm-hmm. but more people like harder to uh you know like production everything has gone up in price but people still consumers still want to pay that low price that they remember yeah and so the companies often would just like take everything down in quality yeah to keep it at that price anyway it's a good read and it yeah. makes you really kind of really properly consider what you're consuming and Mm. all that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, that sounds depressing, but also great. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not be depressed. No, we're great. We're great. Everything's great. We're good. We're going to just buy locally. Yeah. Buy well. (laughs) Or buy nothing. Who knows? Great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What else? Uh, It sounds naff, but I'd like to have more fun. Like I would like to... uh, accept more invitations to things instead of being like, oh, can't I have to work? I have to do this thing or I'm behind on this project that I secretly told myself I would do, but I'm not getting it done. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yes. You're speaking to me. I went to a friend's birthday drinks yesterday, fully knowing that I wasn't going to know any other person there. Mm -hmm. You don't want to hog the host's time. Mm -hmm. And it was great. I met lots of fantastic new people. Like it was like that sort of thing of like not coming up with an excuse or whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. focusing on that. Um, 
more focus on health again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm already back in therapy. I'm back in the pool. I've signed up for yoga classes. I'm running. I'm doing all that stuff. Great. It's so good for mental health. So yeah. Adele. Yeah. And I'm also not <laughs> really drinking. Like I'm drinking, I'm cutting back the booze again. Okay. Uh, just in the work week. Yeah. I'm not being fair, you know, full yeah. on about it. But yeah, just doing that sort of thing. And I'd really like to explore Melbourne and Victoria a bit more and getting all those beach and seaside tips. I was like, oh, this mm. is really good start to the year to like little day trips. Actually spend my weekends doing that kind of thing. Oh, that sounds so dreamy. Hmm. Um your resolution to like go to more things, even if you don't know people, reminded me of something great I read. The Cut did this like cute little package of news resolutions articles. And one of them is like about mixing friend groups. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is about talking to strangers, like having, I think they called it microdosing social connection. Um, and then the third one, which I really loved, was by Maggie Lang and um it was called I Resolved to Be Less Competent in 2023, <laughs> which really, really spoke to me. She talks about like the idea of like weaponized incompetence, which is like, you know, a thing that TikTok says men do. When they pretend they don't know how to do something to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But her vibe is like, you know, people coming to the new year wanting to improve their talents and skills quote, I'm looking to my future and thinking with certainty, life would only be better if I were even more terrible at even more things. I love my carefully selected ineptitudes as if each were a friend. They protect me and make me feel flippant and devilish. I like it. And I just was reading it being like, yeah, I really would love to just, I'm not here to impress anyone, Mm -hmm. you know, like the- I'm not here to make friends. Or maybe I am here to make friends. Which one? Mm, Yeah. Sure. I'm not here to win any prizes, you know? Yeah, like, right. Being a wunderkind, <laughs> it's long gone. It is gone. Being on a 30 under 30 list, I got on one when I was 25. It was a bit weird. Like letting people down makes me want to vomit, you know? Like the, <laughs> if I'm on time for something, exactly on time, I feel I, like I'm going to break out in hives. Like I'm very, mm-hmm. very late. But like for the last, I guess, year or so, my attitude sometimes has been like, I just got to be a little bit more cunty, you know, like (laughs) I just don't have to, I don't have to impress anyone. Mm -hmm. And it's not like nothing's going to happen if some people come away from an interaction with me being like, oh, Brody sucks. (laughs) Yeah. that's not, no. I'm kind of fine. I think I'm kind of fine with it. It's yeah. I think that is a goal, isn't it? Yeah. To just be like, actually it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I know, I like know what I'm as, up to. Yeah, exactly. As long as you are not being a hideous person in the world. Yeah, I'm still going to be kind. I'm still going to be a good friend. But you don't have to always, you know. I'm not going out in the world looking for people to, like, join my bandwagon. Leave me alone. <laughs> You're not a missionary. But also listen to our podcast and share it with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, BL, you said that you've been – Spending some time at home over the summer, watching mm-hmm. some things. Mm-hmm. Does that include TV? Includes a little bit of TV. Mm-hmm. I've got to be honest, I've been a bit of a Kate Jinx over the summer and watching lots more movies. <laughs> um, but obviously- our- I'm such an influencer. <laughs> hey, have you heard of these things called films? Uh, no, I haven't. Tell me. <laughs> um, but the, you know, the wheels keep spinning at Bravo- There's a lot going on week to week in Potomac, in Salt Lake City, even in Beverly Hills. It's not even on air. No, it's not even. Emily's back in Paris. Mm -hmm. 
Those kids at Abbott Elementary are back at school. I still haven't seen that. How do I watch it? Kate, it's on Disney Plus. Okay. Australia is tragically many, many, many weeks behind the US. Okay. But there's like eight or nine episodes from the current season and there's a whole first season to binge. I've watched both twice because I just yearn for the comfort of Abbott Elementary. Um, It's a true joy. Can you just like elevator pitch me? Elevator pitch, Quinta Brunson, creator, used to be a BuzzFeed writer. Won an Emmy or something? Won an Emmy for this show. Mm -hmm. Um, She created this show. Her mother is a um, public school teacher in Philadelphia. She created a show about public school teachers at a school called Abbott Elementary, very underfunded West Philadelphia public school. She plays one of the teachers. There's a motley crew. It's very kind of like Parks and Rec workplace sitcom comedy. Um, That's what the com stands for. I realized that was a bit of a tautology. Um, (laughs) There's a cute little will they, won't they between her and this cute male substitute teacher. She's got the, the gay best friend character who is a white teacher who listens to a lot of NPR in a black public school who really, really wants you to know that he gets it. Mm-hmm. There are the older teachers who have been there for years and years and years and aren't trying to change anything the way that she is. There's a principal who is severely underqualified, but very funny and is like an influencer. And also Chessie, the maid from, um, or like the housekeeper of the Napa Valley home in The Parent Trap, the Lindsay Lohan version, (laughs) plays one of the other teachers, which is a true joy. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's so fun. Highly, highly recommend. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What have you been watching? Yeah, I haven't been watching a huge amount of TV. I think we need to touch on Real Housewife. Of Salt Lake City. The Jen Shah sentence. Well, I, I just noticed I said real housewife of Salt Lake City. Well, there's, <laughs> like, no, not there's, even, there's only one this season. There's only one who's doing anything and what she's doing is going to prison for oh, she, yeah, Jen Shah. six and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a it's not a first because that happened in Jersey, right, at least. But I don't think Teresa went away for that long. No. And it's bad. It's a bad crime. It's, it's like white collar crime. It's bad. Yeah, it's so really truly bad. It's truly bad for anyone who doesn't know. Oh, Jen Shah Jesus. got Shah arrested last season on camera. The Department of like, fit like the F. It was the FBI or like the it was New like York Home. What are they called? I, I think can't it was remember. FBI. They yeah. ca- they like staked out the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, arrested Jen Sharp off because a Sprinter van out of a Sprinter van that was filled with cameras. She got tipped off right before and looked the cameras right in the eye, and then made up a story about her husband being in hospital. Mm-hmm. She's truly going to ha- She's going. She's switched a few different religions. She's going to so many different hells. <laughs> yeah. um, She's so- leaving one big house for another big house. <laughs> the first one was rented. <laughs> the Shah the Chalet. Well, that's the other Call thing that's the come chalet. out. Call oh it the God. Chalet. That's the other thing that's come out is that, you know, the it detailed, the articles all detail what she has to give back. And it's like, was how much? Like eight, nine million dollars yeah. or something. Plus what is it, 30 luxury items and 78 counterfeit luxury oh my items? God. That's the, bad. The counterfeit. She took a counterfeit Gucci purse to the sentencing hearing. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so she's going to prison. If for anyone who doesn't know, what she did was truly heinous. She ran this company that bought and sold like telemarketing leads 
that and the leads were so that companies could target elderly people, often those with like dementia or, um, you know, with very little money to spare, basically sold them, like tricked them into giving away their entire life savings. Mm. There's this really great podcast called the Bravo Docket that details a lot of like the allegations and the sentencing. I've never used the right word allegations. She's been found guilty. She pled guilty. She did it. Yeah. Incredible. I saw someone tweet the other day, like, are there any sports bars in Sydney that are playing the gen shop? I want to watch it like Drag Race. We should be able to. We should be. Um, Aside from that and like Heather's black eye, oh, God, Heather needs to. Salt Lake City's wrapping up this week and thank God it's Mm. it's, there's no no there there without Jen. No. Well, Sundance is also about to start. So, oh, my God, Lisa is going to be busy. So busy. Queen of Sundance. Lisa Busy Barlow. (laughs) Uh, Winnie's on her healing journey. I can't fault Whitney this season. Her She's doing well. Have been hurt. Yeah, I love Whitney. Yeah, just wants to roller skate. Dana or whatever her name is. I bless her for having grey hair on the show. Yeah, and saying she's not going to dye it to Jensha, who it's who tries to get her to dye it with like box color, but she's got nothing to offer. She's got nothing. Angie K. All she had to offer was the you know, giving Jen an invoice for the party she threw. Angie H, Angie H, aka Sarah Paulson, mm-hmm. has potential. She does. Because her little elf on a shelf husband, as Jen called him, made a, a Finster account <laughs> to like <laughs> troll the other cast members and admitted it on camera. Yeah, it's pretty like, good. How is she not a cast member? Yeah, I don't know. Well, now that Jen will be busy for six and a half years, then surely get Angie H in space. Andy, you're listening. <laughs> Uh, aside from those housewives, I have really been enjoying Elwood Generation Q. Okay. We are now in the third season. Fuck. I have been very much like, eh, it's not great, but it does scratch an itch. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to see like Bet Shane and Alice and occasionally Tina from the original uh, series. Are they regular cast members? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Especially Shane and Alice. They're there uh-huh. all the time. Obviously, Jennifer Beals has a few things to do. She's the only kind of real actress, you know. Uh-huh. So she she was in the first two episodes. Now she's like in Canada or something. Anyway, okay. she'll come back sure. for the finale. It's like on sitcoms when someone goes to college. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So she's gone, she's gone to Canada <laughs> and it's like when a pet goes to the farm or yeah. something. <laughs> anyway, she's still alive. I follow her on Instagram, but yeah, I've been really, really enjoying this season. Like they seem to have kind of worked what are the girls something up to? out. Well, I mean, there's too much to go into, really, BL, but Alice is still looking for the one. Mm-hmm. Shane is got a lot. She has a long-term partner, Tess, and together they own Dana's, the bar. Okay. Love that. But Tess is, like, going through a lot of shit. There's, like, her mom is sick, her mom is dead. Like, there's lots of she's like fallen off the wagon again okay and meanwhile shane had like oh my god she hit rock bottom and had an orgy in alice's apartment <laughs> and it's just like i don't know if anyone listened to the carol um poodle but our guest chelsea was like when is our girl gonna fuck again 
it was then oh. and that was just coming, which is um, just delightful. So that was just great so to glad. see. I love to see a Shane rock bottom on always. the L oh, They're always so good. Forgive me for asking this because I it's been so long since I watched the original L Word that I actually forget where she ended up. But are we going to see Jenny? Did Jenny die? Jenny died. Yeah, I thought so. God rest her soul. Ghost? Sadly not. I don't think the writers of the new season are fun enough to do that kind of thing. Yeah, that would be iconic. That would be great. Kind of, it's a wonderful life. I think justice for Jenny, obviously. Like um, she was. Jenny was deeply iconic. She's deeply iconic and I really loved her scenes. I didn't love her, but um, the carnival, everything, ter- yeah. just terrible. Anyway, loved it, loved it, loved it. Loved. But um, she runs like a. Uh, organization now to factors. Yeah. To help, uh, women escape, uh, like s- abusive situations. We love. So we love. Finley is like the only interesting one from the young, from like the new young generation. Uh-huh. But they've given her way too many issues to deal with. They need to give her a fucking break. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there was a musical episode and we actually have received many, uh, messages asking us to discuss the musical episode. I think because people are going to be like, Jinx is going to hate this, but you know what? Jinx loved it. Did you? I loved it. Was it original songs or was it like yeah. a jukebox musical episode? No, it was original songs. Oh, wow. And I had such a good time because their journey into the musical side of it because it starts as a normal episode, but then they take ayahuasca and only three characters are in the musical. And I really enjoyed it. Were you a Buffy fan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that Buffy musical episode yeah. is obviously Once divine. Feeling. Perfection. And there is a really great Xena Warrior Princess musical episode. And I felt like maybe the writers had watched that one more than the Buffy one. Sure. Um, but, <laughs> Only because if you were one of the writers, you would have watched it. I would have watched it. <laughs> yep. Um, but, yeah, look, I really, I'm really enjoying it. Except for the last episode, the Thanksgiving episode, it was just like – they forgot to write the show and then had to like come up with it on the fly. Like it's just appallingly written, appallingly written. Really? Like the, probably the worst episode of like original and current seasons Yikes. of the show. Like genuinely dreadful. Fuck. But it does have Rosie O'Donnell just being glorious. Rosie's look, can you remind me, Rosie's look in A League of Their Own, mm-hmm. is that what Rosie looks like? Jen, like, was that Rosie's look in the L word? Yeah. Well, in the L word, she's like a butch bowler. Okay. She's really into bowling. Yeah. So she's kind of got a salt and pepper butch yeah. look. We it's love. Great. She love it. Great. She anyway, looks great. Anyway. So really enjoying that. I did watch all of Emily in Paris. I did like two sittings or something. Yeah. I I was kind of shocked at myself this season. I got up to episode like three or four, and I just had to stop. Like I'm. You know me. I watch the trashiest shit and love it. And then you'll watch it a second time as well. You're always like, yeah, I watched that twice. So I'm not being contrarian when I say I just truly could not do Emily this season. There was just something kind of noxious about it. It it just it frustrated me. I felt like I needed to pay attention to it, but I resented that. Did you get up to the British actress putting on an Australian accent? No, but I saw clips Oof. of it online. That was good. I, I did see the fucking singing housemate sing 
like a Dua Lipa song. <laughs> I know. Who asked for any of that? No one did. Our friends Emily and Mike are getting a shout out here because they um, really want, in the same vein as the skip intro button, a skip musical sequence button <laughs> I for Emily's a very roommate. Good idea. And truly, it would save us all so much time. Yeah, just get on to Girls Five Ever. It'll, it'll be fine. Is she? She's 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 in Girls fifth, Five Ever, but she's yeah. like mysteriously disappeared yeah yeah yeah. um so just send her on to girls five ever so you know what you're in for yeah, and we don't have to watch her french rendition of the shallows oh my Jesus. god i also like i know people love emily for like how it looks and it looks sweet and funny and you know the outfits but i even find the outfits like horrifying oh no at. they're just too much they're terrible i mean love sylvie obviously yeah. love luke you oh. know he put in a good turn in white lotus as well yeah, yeah. it really should just be about not they're not called savoir whatever they're called now yeah sylvie's company yeah it really should just be a workplace show about them and yes about cunty French people. And Emily should not be in the show. No, absolutely that not. That would be great. What was that great tweet that I sent you where someone had said, like, Emily in Paris is truly, like, a show written by gay men about women, which Emily has, what they say, she has no family, no interior, no vagina. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. Yeah. But you know what? I watched the whole damn thing. Yeah. Did you love? I think there is a lesbian subplot in here. For Emily? No. No. No one wants that. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. I don't want to see it. No one wants to see that. Even when she fucks men, I'm like, this feels wrong somehow. Alfie. Alfie. Terrible. Um, I did go back and reread that uh, New Yorker article that we mentioned last year from 2020 by Kyle Chaker. I think we should put it back in the sh- in the show notes because it's really interesting. It's called um, Emily in Paris and the Rise of Ambient TV. Mm-hmm. And th- that's 100% how I watched yeah. it as fully ambient TV. Just like, like humming in the background. Yeah, I'm just – I'm not invested, but I'm also not doing anything. Like I'm not cleaning or something. Like I'm physically watching the whole thing, but I'm also like texting my best friend like, are you up to this shitty scene? Yeah. Emily's just happening on your TV. You're like, Samuel, what are you up to? What are you up to? <laughs> anyway. I watched – of Harry and Meghan. Oh, I can't start that. No, don't. I won't. Don't. I've been following the live, the live blogging today of this will be a few days old when people hear it, but um Harry did his two big TV interviews, one with ITV in the UK and then one with Anderson Cooper. Um, all about his, the stuff in his book and talking about the book. Two Nepo babies. <laughs> Oh my god, two Nepo babies together. Anderson Cooper thinks he's not a Nepo baby, which is so funny. It's like Ronan Farrow being like, no, I'm not, just because I'm a journalist. Or no, I'm not Frank Sinatra's son. Yeah. <laughs> you can be a Nepo baby and also a journalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harry and Megan, look, obviously they were treated very badly by the media institutions of the palace staffs at their, you know, at Prince Charles and Williams sorry, King Charles and Williams, like, offices, they also are, like, normie, boring, like, mm. super hetero kind of dorks. Megan is so beautiful that no one, I think, has ever been, like, Sh- shut up. <laughs> like, she's so pretty and she genuinely seems very nice and she's got like her politics are in the right place, but she also like reads poetry that she's written. 
Mm. by heart. Oh, no. To a camera, to a Netflix camera. I can't. I can't. And there's no part of her that cringes. She's just like, I remember this poem word for word that I wrote about my parents' divorce when I was eight years old. And then she just says all these rhyming couplets that are like, I was there and then here I felt some fear. Like she's such a fucking, I'm like, Megan, you need better friends because. That sounds like slam poetry also. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it wasn't exactly like that, but she, she needs someone in her life to be like, oh, sweet girl. Don't shut your mouth. (laughs) Someone play us in no doubt stat. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's my TV recap. Okay. <laughs> oh, Real Housewives of Potomac, perfect season of TV. So All far. right, I'll get back into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I on the Emily in Paris thing, we will not, we do not need to touch on it any anymore. But We're when back. I was, We're back. when I was driving, uh, to Sydney, it was a couple of days before Christmas, and I always listen to David Sedaris reading Santa Land Diaries because it's just. So fucking funny, so delightful. Uh, that is something I could r- recite by heart. Okay. But there's a point in it where he spots um, a celebrity shopping, like, in the Santa line while he's an elf at Macy's, and it's Phil Collins who's there with his daughter. And I was like, oh, my God, he's talking about Lily Collins. Oh, my God, Emily in yeah, Santa so Land. Yeah, had a brush in with, yeah, Emily wow. in Santaland. Wow. Isn't that, yeah, that's something anyway. It's I something. I feel like she went into that Santaland and was like, this is going to be my entire aura for the next 30 mm. years. Mm. <laughs> She's very sparkly. She is. And empty. And empty. Hollow. Shallow. <laughs> All right. So, TV, a few duds in there. The movies. Very few duds. Gold. It's gold, baby. It's gold, baby. We've both seen Triangle of Sad. I mean, you saw Triangle of Sadness. Did you see it at Cannes? Yeah, I saw it at Cannes. Yeah, right. Well, I saw it at Nova. Great. Well, same div. Same vibe. Same vibe, I same reckon. Same vibe, I'm sure. Yeah, I saw it at Miff as well. I went back for a second viewing Did with you? a big audience. Because I saw it in like a little market screening where mm. it's like- No laughing. Yeah, you're watching it with people who are there to potentially buy the film or they know that they can't buy the film. It's already bought for their region or whatever. So mm. pe- but people are just like checking it out. Like it wasn't like the big premiere. It wasn't like a big fun gotcha. event. So there were maybe, I don't know, 40 of us in the room. It had premiered maybe the night before. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big Ruben Oslin fan and, yeah, couldn't wait to see it. So I saw it and – yeah, but then as soon as we had it at Miff, I went back to watch it with like a sold out audience at Hoyts because I was like, I need to be around yeah. other people during the massive vomiting diarrhea explosion scene. Yes. And I don't think that that is a spoiler. It's on the poster. It's in the trailer. It's Yeah. Watching a woman like try to skull down champagne while spewing is chic. It's fucking oh, chic. Isn't it good? Yeah. And she's slurping those oysters. It's so grotesque. I'm obsessed. It is abject. Yeah. Love it. Love. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed this film. I mean, of course, it won the Palm d'Or and his previous film, The Square, also did. My favorite is still probably Force Majeure mm. of his. I love that film so much. Mm. There was an American remake with like Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, which was dreadful. Oh, I remember or this, Tina but I never Faye? saw it. I can't remember. 
It was so bad. Yeah. Don't do it. But watch Force Majeure. Imagine Americans trying to remake Triangle of Sadness. I know. Well, and this was his first English language film as well. Yeah. Um, and he had, has some great, like the cast is fantastic. Oh, brilliant. Uh, and uh, besides Woody Harrelson, I don't think I n- knew any of the cast. I'd like, seen they weren't familiar to me. Harris Dickinson, who plays the male model. Oh, he yeah. was in Eliza Hitman's Beach Rats. Okay. And I really love He's beautiful. Yeah. That little upturned nose. Oh, Balenciaga H&M, beautiful. Yeah. It's really sad that Charlby Dean, who plays Yaya, she died a few months ago. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, she was brilliant. She's so, she was fantastic in that role. And it's been quite cool to see Dolly DeLeon nominated for like a number of awards for her star making performance. Who did she play? She is the captain. Oh, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the captain. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know what you mean. But, yeah, see it at the cinema if you haven't seen it Absolutely. already. Like, it really, this is a good. Truly, do not watch it alone on a small TV or, no. a, God forbid, a laptop. Not no. to not to sound pretentious, but don't don't watch it on your laptop. Don't let, no, don't do it. Yeah. What about that woman who looks exactly like Jane Lynch and isn't Jane Lynch? I know. Shocking. Yeah, shocking. There was a great piece in The New Yorker a few months ago when it came out in the States called Ruben Oslin's Cruise to Nowhere. Mm. It's really good and it's like I can't remember who wrote it, but they are with Ruben Osland and Dolly DeLeon and the guy who plays the Russian oligarch. Oh, yeah. And they're like on a cruise around like the Hudson and it's really funny and great. And he's talking about like the next film he wants to make. He famously like tends to spoil his next film. Oh, really? Like I knew the ending of Triangle of Sadness because I read an interview with him three years ago where he spelled out exactly what he wanted to do with his next film. Oh, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. I want to dig that out and yeah. see what he says. Should I? I'll try to find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really curious now that I've seen it. Finally, after White Lotus hype, after mm. Triangle of Sadness, I also saw the menu. Oh yes, I'm yet to see it. And people do be writing stuff about rich, <laughs> rich, entitled, privileged wankers. Mm-hmm. You know, the menu was directed by Mark Mylod, co-written by uh, Mark Mylod, who directs a lot of Succession. Co-written by Will Tracy, who is a succession writer, has also written for like The Onion and John Oliver, and Seth Reese, who is a writer for Seth Meyers. And if you watched the Seth Meyers Day Drinking with Lizzo video recently, he's the guy that Lizzo thinks looks like Paul Rudd with his mask on. Okay. So he's one of the co-writers of the menu. So I like watched that, so went into the menu knowing it was like late night comedy guys behind it, which Mm. was some nice context, I think. But yeah, all these interrogations of like wealth and class and status and privilege and like the emptiness of it and the shallowness and the taking Mm -hmm. of it all. But without the Mike White bite, it's sounding. Yeah. I mean, I trust Mike White more than I trust anyone else with that Mm. material because I feel like he is further removed from it yeah and he's look he's on the outside looking in on it yeah and he's also on the outside but now very on the inside and is able to still comment on it being for a short while who knows how long he's got who knows till how long till he sells out (laughs) you know i watched glass onion the new ryan johnson mystery moon no one needs me to explain what glass onion is i didn't really like it i mean it didn't have the same kind of 
fun or bite as the original, but it also didn't have that connection between the characters that I really loved about the, I mean, the original one, they were a family Mm. in this one. They were supposed to believe that they're old friends, but they, they didn't really have anything to do with each other. And that's kind of similarly how I felt about the menu. Like I would have loved for there to be some kind of, you know, these these movies have like twists, you know, big reveals in the third act. And I think those would have been more effective in both movies Mm. had there been some kind of like, bitey, sticky stuff between right. between all of the players. But, you know, the menu is hinging on the performance of Ray Fiennes, who is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Recently on Watch What Happens Live did the Lisa Barlow hot mic monologue oh in his, like, Voldemort voice, which <laughs> is exceptional. Him and Anya Taylor-Joy, who I've said it to you off mic, Jinxie. I'm just, I don't care. <laughs> I, no. don't, I don't, like, she's beautiful in a very, like, like icy Swedish kind of way. I don't know where she's from actually, but you know, she's like, she has an incredible face, Mm. but I didn't buy her in the role she's in, in the, if you've seen the menu, you know that she's from Latin America. Really? Mm, Could be wrong on that one, but I thought that that's where she was from. Wow. Well, anyway, she, um, I don't, I, I I just feel like I needed someone a little more, I use this phrase with love, someone a little more like homegrown in the role that she's in in the menu. But um, I saw The Queen's Gambit, didn't care that much, but watched it all. And so after watching the menu, I went on a bit of an, um, what I'm calling an Anya Taylor joiny. And <laughs> I went back and watched Last Night in Soho at the recommendation of my friend Sinead. And that was like, you know, a bit of a romp, very stylistic, like in that Edgar Wright kind of way, like, you know, genre movie fun. And then the other night after talking to you about it, I watched The Vavitch. The Vavitch. Um, she's good in that. She's exceptional in that, but she also looks about nine. Like she's got such a sweet little baby face. Mm. Argentinian, by the way. Argentinian. Yeah, born in Florida, but Argentinian Never family. would have Picked it. Yeah. Raised mostly in Buenos Aires. In my head, she's British. Yeah, I get it. Oh, wow. Um, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, I saw the Vivich. Those mm-hmm. Viviches really knew how to fucking live in puritanical <laughs> America. Loved them. Yeah, I'm going to rewatch that too. Yeah. But after watching all these, like, rich people live truly dark and empty lives, it had me thinking, did you see The Nest, Sean Durkin's film from a few years ago? I don't think so. After making Martha Marcy May Marlene, he like went quiet for like Mm. 10 or 11 years and then came back with this movie that is like Jude Law and Carrie Coon. Oh yeah. No, I didn't see it. God, it's good. And I, it's a real see also for anyone listening, like such a good movie, like super stylish, super moody, really, really beautiful movie that I just adored when I finally got to see it. I loved Martha Marcy May Marlene, but I always used to forget the title and I would just call it Martha, 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 Martha. (laughs) (laughs) Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Exactly. (laughs) Look, Glass Onion, Mm -hmm. as like someone who watches lots of movies for living. For living. The week between Chrissy and New Year's, I tend to put my brain in a hammock. Mm-hmm. And that's where it stays and I can watch anything and I don't need to have a critical opinion of it. It's like a gift to myself. Yeah. So I guess I was probably a little blitzed when I watched it and I had a good time. Mm. End of. Yeah. 
Like it just was. I it's wasn't. A romp. If it came out at any other time of the year, I'd be like, "Well, this didn't work." What well, probably? Yeah. But I was like, mm-hmm, "Great, thank you." Yeah, I think it's partly also the enjoyment was. I don't really like Edward Norton, right? Mm. It's just it this doesn't do it for me. But I had just listened to that absolutely incredible, unhinged podcast episode of WTF with Mark Marin, where he attempts to interview Courtney Love, but Courtney Love just talks for the entire hour or whatever it is and goes off on so many tangents. And some of it is about when she dated Ed Norton and about like the kind of family and privilege he's from, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, it is so juicy. juicy, so good. And it was just like, just a delight to hear Courtney just go off for an She's been, you know, having to apologize about absolutely everything after it, but yeah, it's sort of such a good. If you Anyone haven't listened to it Courtney yet. Courtney Love apologize. Get a fucking life, Brad Pitt. But listen to this episode before it's like taken down, is what I would say. We'll link it in the show notes. I don't like Mark Maron's podcast. No. <laughs> and I still did. Fast forward the first, like, 12, 15 Always. minutes. Yeah. But, yeah, it's really worth listening to. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've only I've only started it and I knew as soon as she started talking, I was like, I need to not be doing stuff while I listen to this. I, I was, need to yeah. pay really close attention. I was driving down the Hume Highway and it really kept me awake. God, I bet. Courtney's shrieks. We love Courtney. Love that. I also really enjoyed Banshees of Inner Sharon, which is out now. It was like a big Boxing Day movie here mm. and it's – Currently everywhere and we'll, I don't know, could win Best Picture, I, I guess. I can't wait to see it. Dark, tragic comedy by Martin McDonough who made three billboards outside, blah, blah, blah. I didn't like that movie. <laughs> Epping Victoria. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um, but so it's Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson uh, as two friends who live on this very small uh in a very small rural Irish town and basically Brendan Gleeson just decides that Colin Farrell's boring. Anyway, it's it's really good. I really, I thought it was fantastic. I'm so excited to see it. It Made me really like, (laughs) I felt like I was discovering Colin Farrell. (laughs) Lol, because I'm just like not, you know. Yeah, he's. But I don't see all of his many me, of his films. Dirtbag. Yeah, yeah. But he was just fantastic. And what was this. that movie? He was in Phone Box, Payphone, whatever it was called. Mm, you that didn't one. see that? Phantom Tollbooth. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I think that this, yeah, this is by Martin McDonough. I really like his brother's films, um, and this kind of felt like one of his brother's. Films. Wait, who's his brother? His brother made Calvary, which was ah. also with Brian Gleason. Great film. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I um, want to give a hearty recommendation for Marcel the Shell. Oh, yes. Which I saw at MFN is finally in cinemas, so I can – I'm not emotionally ready to see it again because mm-hmm. it. I think it was the piece of culture that devastated me the most last year. Wow. It's It seems impossible and it if you are looking at the poster of Marcel or remembering those early viral videos and going, it's like a twee little kids movie. Mm. Like even the even the trailer. Yeah. You're like, this will not sustain. Yeah. It's like truly it I went into it doubtful. S- surrender your disbelief. Go in and just spend an hour and a half with that sweet little shell and his Nana Connie. And it's it's phenomenal. I mean, like, you know, we talked on the podcast last year when I was going to be interviewing Jenny Slate. She didn't end up coming to Australia, so it got cancelled. But I did spend a lot of time thinking about her and her work. 
And I was doing that while I watched Marcel Lachelle. Mm-hmm. And I just came out of it realizing that like her work is so like the connecting force with everything that she does. I think her stand up, that film, her book, Little Weirds from a few years ago, it all is really intimate and it is really informed by like having big emotions, but feeling very small and like inconsequential in the world. And so Marcel is like this physical embodiment of that. Um, you know, Marcel went viral on the internet like 12 or 13 years ago. I wrote about that first video at my first ever writing job, like in 2010 or 11. But there's also this commentary on the internet as like these people who are watching and following, but it, it's not a community. They're not like with you or behind you, which I think feels really interesting for like a celebrity to be mm. grappling with that idea. But also like it's directed by and kind of stars Dean Fleischer Camp, who is Jenny Slate's real life ex-husband. And in the film, his quote unquote character, he's playing a version of himself after splitting up with someone. And Marcel is talking him through that and asking him a lot of questions about it. And he, as Dean Fleischer Camp, is responding to them in a way that I just found really touching as like Mm. this couple kind of interrogating their relationship and the end of their relationship. Um, And obviously Jenny is the celebrity, often gets the spotlight on her, but it kind of put it on her former collaborator and husband. Yeah. There's a lot in it about like fear and overcoming fear and Marcel and his Nana Connie, who is voiced by Isabella Rossellini. Perfect. They love Leslie Stahl from 60 Minutes because she's fearless. Jenny Slate did this Netflix special called Stage Fright. There's just all this stuff in it that I'm like, this is so, there's so much here. Mm. Uh, It's, there's a part where Nana Connie recites a Philip Larkin poem, The Trees, truly Sob me alone in the cinema, sobbing, watching a little shell, reading a poem. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a really sweet film. It's she's no Meghan Markle <laughs> because it really worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> so please go, go alone, see Marcel, and then go and like drink a hydrolyte afterwards to mm-hmm. replenish your electrolytes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I've been on a different film trip recently. I always watch like, you know, like summer sun-drenched films each each year, but I'm on a real 70s LA situation mm-hmm. at the moment and uh, I watched The Long Goodbye, the Altman film, the other night with Elliot Gould because I just realised that they're all streaming. Like, I mean, if you don't have Criterion Channel, like, sure, that's where they are, but <laughs> you can also just rent all these films now on like Stan or Binge or mm. – if there, if anyone is ever wanting to find out where some, where they can watch something, there's a great website called justwatch.com and it, you put in your location and then type in whatever it is, TV, film, and it tells you exactly where you can rent or stream it. It's fantastic anyway. I always see that pop up and I assume it's just like a website that when I click on it will have a million pop-ups. And- no, it's like an actual service. Like you're not going to huh. get – you don't pay nothing. I look up everything on this. Love. Anyway, so the other night I was home alone. I was like, what am I going to watch The Long Goodbye? And yeah. it was so good. But, yeah, it's like time to revisit like Lion's Love, my favourite Varda film, and Three Women, Zabriskie Point, et cetera. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm currently watching at the moment. That's your mode. Yeah. yeah. And it's like a nice thing to be able to kind of rediscover and – 
Yeah. Yeah. We are going to the movies quite a lot together. Mm. We went and saw Tar. I can't wait to talk about Tar. We're going to be talking about Tar in our episode next week. Tar. Not Avatar, just Tar. And we're also tomorrow night going to see Mithrigan together. I cannot wait to see Mithrigan. She's smashing blockbuster records. I mean, Mithrigan looks so good. I can't wait. I can't wait to see that little freak. Yeah, same. What's she going to do? I don't I even don't know. know. I'm, I'm prepared. I'm ready. I'm ready for Mithrigan. I don't know if I'm ready. I am so ready for Mithrigan. Um, oh, I was on a little podcast at the end of last year, Total Reboot, with Alexi Toliopoulos, and we each rated our five, not rated, but we talked about like five of our favourite films from last year or that are just about to come out. And it's a fun listen, I think. Very fun. If you want to hear about some other recent films. And if you do want to hear about Avatar, The Way of Water, Alexi talks about it. We're not going to. So, you know, scratch that itch. Yeah, we won't. BL, it's time for Also Also's, which is like my favorite part of the show, I think, we because haven't I'm done like, it in a while. BL, what are you going to what are you going to recommend? Yeah. I try really hard not to look at what you're going to recommend. <laughs> All right. Well, my first one is a screen time also relating to my earlier goal of looking at my phone less. I decided that something to help is to not pick it up first thing in the morning. So I bought myself an alarm clock. Oh, I'm going to work up to charging my phone somewhere that's not next to my bed. But for now, alarm clock next to my bed. I got this one from a brand called 168 London. It's stocked at Maya in Australia. I got the Riley Black Digital Rectangle Alarm Clock. It's a classic alarm clock. It's a big black box. It's actually quite small. Big digital numbers on it. It tells you the date. It tells you the time. It tells you the weather. Mm-hmm. It's got two USB charging ports coming out the side. Oh, that's pretty good. And I like the, the weather thing. Yeah. And it's dimmed. It's kind of like a Kindle or something. Like it's got a, a very muted screen mm. and it lights up when you tap the top of it. So that when you're sleeping, you don't have this big glaring screen in the corner of your room. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So highly recommend. That sounds good. I have not had a physical alarm clock in a long time, but the last one I spent money on, it's not a it's not an also also. Because it was it had wheels on it. <laughs> and so it was designed to when you when it went off in the morning, it would like stay on your bedside for I don't know, like 10 seconds. And if you didn't turn it off in that time, yeah, it rolls off your bedside table and under your bed. Like it's designed to roll under your bed so that you physically have to get out of bed to find it, to turn it off so that you're out of bed. Wow. What a little bitch. Yeah. Um, It was really handy for a time when I was having some sleep problems. (laughs) I'm not recommending now. I've been thinking of putting mine like in the kitchen so that I- Get up and get out of bed. Although I can get out of bed fine most mornings. We can cut this out. No, I love it. What's your first one? My first one is also an organizing thing. It's an organize also. It's the 2023 Ignota Diary. It's kind of like a normal like planner, but it's a little more esoteric. It's a little woo-woo. I love it. Thank you very much to Rosie, my dear friend Rosie, who gave it to me for my birthday last year in August. And I have been waiting (laughs) to open this puppy. It is so fun. It, uh, you know, you can track your moon charts and all that kind of stuff in it. Sure, sure, sure. As well as like daily goals, weekly goals, et cetera. Mm -hmm. 
budgets, etc. It's like got all of the big mm. things, but it also gives you notable moments in time each week of like on a kind of spiritual journey. Okay. So when I opened it up this week, because we're recording on a Monday, it told me that uh, this week things that are happening was there was a, the first official uh, voodoo fate happened and uh, there was like in the past in the past yeah on the 13th of january in finland a celebration happens uh called newton paiva i'm saying that incorrectly where young men dress as goats by wearing inverted fur jackets birch masks and horns they wander from house to house blundering in to demand food and no, alcohol no don't like that that is the vivich yeah but it's good so now i That's need black philip but now i know I'll probably avoid Finland, a place I've always wanted to go, but I won't be there for the 13th of January. It's really helpful. Do not go for goat day. No. Delightful diary. That sounds very cute. Mm. I switched to Google Calendar a few years ago and I truly, truly miss my chic Japanese day planner that Mm. I used to buy every year, but I started it. I started buying it in 2020. So I just wrote things in and then crossed them out because nothing (laughs) happened for two years, you know? Well, I used to use Moleskine and then I switched to the Muji planners Mm -hmm. because they are soft cover and there's no bullshit in them. And they're also really good. So if you want a planner that is not got the esoteric stuff, go for the Muji. I have a scent also. I don't know if you've actually recommended this brand before, Happy Society Store. Oh, I've used them, but I don't think I've recommended. Yeah. My friend Sarah got us um, for our annual kind of like gals gift exchange. She got us um, a hamper gift where we had a little assortment of of products um, for each of us. And in mine was this room spray. Um, It's called the Euphoria Space Mist Mm -hmm. by Happy Society. Um, It's got coriander seed, geranium leaf, and black pepper. And the kind of scent description from the website is that it is empowering, evokes joy, peace, clarity of mind. All Happy Society products are made in Geelong using ingredients sourced locally and from fair trade communities around the world. And it just is really – I'm trying to become less of a candle gal and I'm entering my incense and room spray era. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is delightful. I sprayed it right before you came over tonight. Yeah, it smelled wonderful when I came in. They do a great Palo Santo range. Oh, yeah, Mm. yeah. And you can – I learned on the website when your room spray uh, or space mist – bottle is empty, you can buy some of their essential oil mixes and put a little bit of that in with water to like top up your room spray. Great. Yeah. I have a drink also. I mentioned that I'm not drinking so much at the moment and like as a way to kind of get back into fitness more easily and work as well. Uh, And I am always on the lookout for like a low alk, non-alk beer or spritz or whatever. And I actually found a new one today. Mm. It's called Low Key. It's a non-alc pale ale by Range, uh, which is a local brewery inspired by tropical Queensland. They're based in Brisbane, but they also have a tap room in Melbourne. Uh, and I bought it at Near and Far in Fitzroy, my favorite local place to to pick up new beers and things. And, mm-hmm. and they have great wine selections. Anyway, it's a bit like it's not a sour beer, but it's not just a regular pale ale or that IPA taste. Like there is something else happening in there. It's like a little mm. bit tangy or something. Mm. Anyway, it's a delicious little refreshing thing. A funky little brew. Cute little can. My last one is a dish also. 
The Sunnyside Plates by Ella Rowetti, who is a local Melbourne maker. Um, she makes beautiful homewares, beautiful planters, vases, bowls, platters. Good luck getting them before they sell out. I have a few of her Sunnyside Plates now. I've got the pink, the blue, and the yellow. And they always look so, so chic when I'm dishing stuff up for more than just me alone in my apartment. If I have people over, I'm pulling out the sunny side plates. You posted a video of you were pouring like cream or something onto something that you had on a sunny side plate and it looked so good. It all spilled over. Yeah, I made the mango jelly recipe from the Chinese-ish cookbook, which uses jelly mix from the supermarket, but also fresh mango. Um, And then it's topped with evaporated milk. And yeah, I had so much on my little yellow sunny side plate that it actually spilled out onto the table, but it was fine because Carol came and lapped it up. Great. I just just kept pouring. It spilled and I just (laughs) kept pouring. Yeah, it looked great. It looked great. Yeah. Well, I've got a store also, Mm -hmm. and I think you might be familiar with the brand. Mm -hmm. It's the uh, Taco Shelves by Ella Rowetti. Stop. Uh-huh. A double recommendation. Uh-huh. Uh, and a very worthy one because this is something I have been, it should have been on also also many, many months ago, and I actually have mine because I saw yours. We influence each other again. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I'd been wanting these Taco Shelves, which are steel it's like a looks like a steel taco big steel taco yeah with uh ella's signature shaping around the sides yeah kind of a zigzag half moon shape and you it's essentially designed to store records in it and it was one of those things where i'd seen it on her website and on her instagram account so many times i was like oh i want that but i didn't quite know i couldn't quite work out how big it was or what it would feel like yeah then i came over one night and you just had one yeah yeah. And I I ordered mine the next day. You've got a yellow one? Yeah, I've got a yellow one. Yeah, I have a blue um, one. And it's I have like all my records on a on bookshelves, mm-hmm. but I keep my taco shelf right next to my player just to have like a selection of what I'm listening to at the moment. It's like in the record store, it's like what we've got on rotation. Exactly. Yeah, it's very cute. Yeah, so I, I've been really enjoying that because I also find that I listen to many more records if I like pull them out bit by bit. And yeah. Yeah. I have mine currently storing like some of my favorite coffee table books. Oh, that's a smart use. Yeah. Mm. Oh, what it color fits- do you have again? I've got blue. Mm, yes. It fits a lot. It's a lot. Like There's a, a lot of records. Yeah, heaps. Like maybe like 30 records, I yeah. reckon. Yeah. Well, there you go. Oh, my God. Gorgeous also's. Gorgeous also's. Cling, cling to us. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't yet, please pop over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, leave us a five-star rating. And follow us over on Instagram at See Also Podcast. We have been planning lots of future episodes and fun stuff, and that's where you'll hear all about it. Yeah, and get in touch if you have something in particular that you really want us to cover, like the L Word musical episode or, you know, things that are happening or if you want us to talk more about ourselves or less about ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) We might listen or we might be a little bit cunty and ignore you. (laughs) Yeah, that's our resolution. That's your resolution that I'm stealing. Uh, Yeah, so tell your friends, please. And uh, thank you, as always, to Harvey Sutherland for our original theme music and Samuel Hodge for our imagery. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hold up. 
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.